Good morning. Welcome to our daily word and prayer. My name is Tom Short. I'm so glad to have you along with us today. We get into the word of God and talk about it and allow it to transform our lives. There's power in God's word. Don't ever doubt it. Don't ever forget it. There's power in the word of God. It has the capacity to transform us and anyone from the inside out. A lot of us have family members who just won't listen. We know the Lord. We love the Lord. We want our loved ones to have what we have. We want our loved ones to come to Christ. And we tried to witness to them. And somehow they're just not listening. In fact, it might lead to an argument and shouting and anger and emotion when we talk to them about coming to Christ. And you leave afterwards thinking, was that, did it help at all? Was that detrimental? Were, were our efforts to evangelize did end up causing more harm than good? What do you do in this situation? I've got some ideas and I'd like to share, stick around, I'm going to share a little few, few pointers, and then I'm going to share some testimony about how God worked in my mom's life after literally 70 plus years, 70 years after I first tried to witness to her that she came to Christ. I think you'll be encouraged by the story. But the verse I want to share comes from 1 Peter chapter 3. And actually, it's he's speaking to wives whose husbands are unbelievers. But it, this is something that can relate to all of us. Let's look at the verse first. In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Springs to mind a saying that I don't like. And I don't, I don't like it when I hear people say it. I'm going to say it myself now. And it's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. And he said, preach always, if necessary, use words. Now, folks, it, it, first of all, I hear that he did not actually say that. Secondly, words are necessary. The gospel is something we're to believe. And you can't know what to believe unless you hear. How shall they believe without a preacher? How should they hear without a preacher? How should they believe unless someone tells them what to believe? Someone's got to tell them. You got to have the words. There's got to be communication. But there may be times when, in fact, this applies. Maybe you need to do some preaching without using any words. Why? Because sometimes in families, there can be certain dynamics going on that make it really hard for someone to receive or to take any advice from us. A, 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 a husband who wants authority in his house might feel disrespected. In this case, as if a wife is trying to instruct him about religion. Uh, a, a child might be resentful. They might think that religion has caused hurt in their life, and, and, they, and they might be resentful towards you trying to tell them more, about more religion. There might be a necessity of apologies. There might, be, there might just be, there's dynamics in relationships, particularly if it's someone who is 
shall we say, the under authority in the relationship or the the younger in the relationship trying to instruct the superior, shall we say. This was the case with me when I was like 15 years old. I'd just become a new Christian, and I discovered the four spiritual laws, and I came home. I was so excited about it. I was so enthusiastic. I'd been raised in the church, but this was new to me. I'd never heard the gospel. And when I tried to share that with my mother, and I got to point two, all the sin and fall short of the glory of God, for some reason, my mom didn't like her 15-year-old son trying to tell her what a sinner she is. And she got very defensive. And I got more offensive. Yeah, we're all sinners. Mom, you're a sinner. You know, well, she didn't like to hear that. It created a rift in our relationship and our ability to discuss spiritual matters that lasted for a long, long time and a coldness. There were other dynamics going on. Obviously, her feeling that she'd raised me in the church, and now I was finding something different that I didn't find in our church. She was offended by that. My father had my father was very ill at the time and was dying of cancer, and she was having other dynamics going on that that I didn't understand. I was excited about God. I wasn't blaming God for my dad's illness. My mom was struggling with this, and for me to bring up some of the things I did, it she just wasn't ready to hear, and it created a barrier. And so all I'm saying is something happened where it got to the place where there's nothing I could say that was going to open her heart, change her heart, and in, and in, indeed just about any attempt I even tried beyond the simple thing like maybe saying a prayer for a meal or, or the, the slightest of things, anything I even tried to do would, would create a barrier, an argument, a fight. All kinds of emotions would come out, and it damaged our relationship. It made our relationship cold as ice. What do you do in a situation like that? In my case, I got to the place of realizing there's nothing I can say here that's going to make a difference. And I simply resorted to the strategy of this. I will seek to live as a good Christian. It was not easy. I would come home. I was not, you know, later on when I was living at home, I would come home and it was, we'd just sit there and watch TV. It couldn't talk about anything meaningful. It was just cold as ice. There was a lot of barrier there. And I didn't really care to be watching TV. It was a sacrifice on my part to sit there and just spend time with my mom. My dad had passed away by this time. I would pray And I would encourage you, we've gone over this a while back when we talked about praying for the lost, but I pray four things. I pray for God would give people open ears to hear. God would give people open eyes to see. Jesus said they have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, but they don't see. Pray they have open ears to hear, open eyes to see. An open mind to understand. An open heart to believe. The things that prevent them from hearing would be taken away. The things that prevent them from believing would be taken down. The things that prevent them from understanding would be overcome. These are things to pray. But there's another thing that I just began to pray. Now, keep in mind, I'm a, I'm a speaker. I'm a communicator. I'm an evangelist. So it was hard for me to pray this one. God You just need to bring someone else into her life because she's not going to listen to me. And so I began to ask, God, you've got to bring someone else. 
Someone else is going to have to show. I, I wish I could be the one, but it's pretty clear she's not listening. And over the, t- over the years, God did bring other people into her life. There's one time where a guy in our church named Rick, he was working in her office building. Believe it or not, he was, it was a big office building, and he ran the copy center. And uh, she came down one day and wanted something personal copied. And he said, oh, you, we can't do that. He said, what do you mean? She said, what do you mean? He was a new employee there. He said, well, that's personal. We just do business. She said, we do it all the time here. It's, you know, he was the new guy. We do it all the time. He said, no, that wouldn't be right. And she was a little baffled by him. And he, she, he mentioned something about God that led to a little bit of a conversation. And he said he lived down near the camp. She said, oh, well, then you might know my son. She said, who's that? Or he, Rick said, who's that? And he said, oh, his name's Tom Short. You know, he's never going to make anything of his life. And Rick, who's the most sincere guy you could ever imagine, looked her right in the eye and said, oh, Mrs. Short, if you only knew how, how many people look up and admire Tom, you would never say such a thing. My mom just broke down in tears and ran away. What a divine appointment. God brought Rick into her life to touch her in a way no words of mine could have ever done it. Later on, we were moving back from California. This was years later. And my mom in her bowling league had a, there was a woman on her team that she highly respected. Uh, a woman that she's friends with. She looked up to her. She, she thought this was a great woman. And my mom made the comment to her bowling team. She said, oh, my son and his family, they're moving back from California. There you go to some cult group out on Linworth Road. And her friend Sue said, oh, really? What, what, what church? She, some cult church. She said, what church is that? And my mom said, oh, they just call themselves Linworth Road Church. And Sue, very successful, and her husband, very successful man, said, oh, well, that's where Walt and I go. <laughs> that that changed things. God gave a divine appointment there. There was no way I could have ever orchestrated. God did that. Sue got my mom to start coming to church. The first time my mom ever heard me preach was because this woman on her bowling team happened to be in the same church that Roz and I would be going to. You see how God can work? As time went on, God used our, my relationship, he used my wife, he used my children, my mom's grandchildren. Things just softened her heart. The timing became better. She, got, she began to accept that my father's illness and, and early death. She, she, she was humbled in some things. God worked in her life. Late in her life, we knew, knew she was not going to live a long time. My mom planned her funeral. Two years before she actually passed away, she was she had planned her funeral not long after my dad died, almost 40 years earlier. And we were talking about, you know, her arrangements, what the funeral be like, where her assets and accounts and different things, what if she were to pass, who I should talk to, what I should do. And I made the comment, I said, Mom, you've prepared so well with all, all that you have. Are you prepared to meet God? She said, Well, I hope so. And for the first time, she really was open, really was receptive. We talked through the scripture, one of the, she, her funeral, one of the songs she wanted sung in her funeral, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling dear sinner, come home. Remember what had created the rift years earlier was she wouldn't acknowledge she was a sinner. She refused to do it. 
And I pointed out now, after all these years, Mom, you know, the only ones Jesus calls to come home are sinners. And she, for the first time to me, maybe she'd done it earlier, but to me admitted, yes, she was indeed a sinner. Another song at her funeral that she wanted, Amazing Grace. We looked at the words of it. It's a beautiful song. Many people want it, but they haven't really looked at the words or thought of what it means. We talked through Amazing Grace, and sure enough, that that evening, uh, she prayed to receive Christ, and I believe it's real. The next day, my daughter stopped over to witness to her because we thought she didn't have long to live. My daughter wanted to make sure. She, my daughter's an evangelist. Stopped over to witness to her, and and my mom had all the right answers related to the gospel. And she said, how, how did you, when did, how do you know this? And she said, well, your da- dad talked to me yesterday and told me to, how to receive Jesus. And I did. What a testimony. Folks, I just want to encourage you. Don't give up on your loved ones. God hears your prayers. Now they have a will of their own and it's their decision, not yours. But don't stop praying. Don't stop being an example. Preach always with your behavior. Maybe you need to pray God will just bring someone else into their life who can have an effect upon them. Someone else who can use those words in their life. Maybe if they're not listening to you, stop trying to persuade them. If it's not doing any good, stop trying to persuade them with your words. Let your actions speak. Pray to God. Trust God. God to bring others into their life that will give them the message. And by the way, the point in praying to God and in your behavior, God did some pretty hard things in my life through my mother. Through my mom's stubbornness, her hardness, some of her meanness, God used that to really refine me as a person. God taught me important things. People ask me all the time, Tom, how do you stand out there on campus and not get angry at people and just take some of the things they say and love them back and give them a blessing in return? Well, I had a school I went to, the school of my home, in which I learned how to be a Christian at a deeper level than I ever would have learned had my mom not had her personal problems. As I let God work in my life, and I focused on how God wanted to change me, and I let left it up to God to figure out how to change her, it worked out in the end. And so remember that. Let God, we, we, you can't change other people, but you can, you can change yourself. You can let God change you. And somehow when we do, it just unleashes his power to change someone else. Okay? Father in heaven, we come to you today and we offer ourselves to you as living sacrifices. We want so badly, there's loved ones we want so badly to see saved. And we try so hard and we think, Lord, help us understand, sometimes it isn't that they need more information. There's just barriers and blindness. So, Father, we do pray for them that you'd give them open eyes to see, open ears to hear, open minds to understand, and an open heart to believe. We pray, Father, that you would work in our lives, transforming us. Help us, Lord, to put ourselves up on that easel and let you do your sculptor work on us first. And as you work in us and as we're available to you, Lord, we can't change others. 
But we do believe that as you change us, it becomes a mighty testimony and frees your hand to work in others and maybe even makes them more receptive to allowing you to work in their lives. We pray today, Father, for our loved ones, a husband, a wife, a mom or dad, a son or daughter, a brother or sister, cousin, someone, Lord, in, in our lives that they've just become hard. I pray, Father, give us grace not to become frustrated, not to give up, not to become angry, not to take it personally, but to continue to bring and present them to the throne of grace and trust you to work in their lives. We pray, give us wisdom, give us understanding, give us give us grace. Help us, Lord, know how to preach always, even if we're not using our words. We pray these things, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks, you got, to, you got your marching orders. It's not easy. It's not easy, but you know what to do now, okay? God bless you. I'm so glad you're with us today. If you're new, I hope you come back every day. We're not just when we feel like a Christians or once a year Christians, once a month Christians. I hope you don't come back just when this kind of pops up in your feed or it looks interesting. We're here every day to get into the Word of God, to let it build bit by bit by bit by bit in our lives. So subscribe, hit the notify button, and make a commitment to come here day by day by day. So we get into the Word of God. Think God, God will speak to you. There'll be things that speak more than others. Some days may not be as significant as others, but you be, it's consistency that makes the difference in our spiritual growth. So come and join me day by day. Be with us and grow. To those of you who are here every day, I love you. I trust your life is changing. I trust you're growing. I trust you're becoming more and more a bright diamond in the crown of the Lord. Amen? So until we meet tomorrow, might God bless you strengthen you, fill you with joy, give you perseverance. And might he bless you and your children for a thousand generations. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.